0: London-based Morgan Kennedy is an accomplished production designer. Most recently, he was a production designer on Liaison for Apple TV, which is now in post-production. His film credits include The Sweeney in 2012 for director Nick Love. With director Sean Ellis, he's done several features, namely Cashback in 2006, based on the director's short. The Broken in 2008 with Lena Headey and Anthropoid, in 2016, starring Killian Murphy. In television, he's designed several episodes for Netflix's Black Mirror. On that series, he was production designer for the episodes Hated in the Nation, 2016, and Crocodile, 2017. We spoke in December during an informal and in-depth chat on the art of production design and the role of the production designer in both features and television. We are so pleased to have Morgan Kennedy on the Globe Screen podcast. Welcome, Hello. Morgan. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I guess production
1: design wasn't really my on my highest list of priorities when I was younger. I, I sort of grew up, the area I lived in on, on the south coast of England was um, everyone played musical instruments. Everyone was in bands, everyone was into music. And I, I, that's sort of really where where i started and i sort of still had dreams of being a rock star i think into my 20s at some point you realize that's probably not going to happen and so i sort of fell into the movie business or or production design kind of by accident i mean i you know i grew up in the uh, i'm an 80s kid so i grew up in a you know fantastic time of movie making worldwide really you know the 80s was sort of i don't know it was what you did when i was 15 you went to the cinema every week you know alien and and that whole era of filmmaking that whole genre was a sort of was a, sort of, such a big part i guess of my childhood that um but it never really occurred to me that that's what i actually wanted to go and do because i was i was too interested in
0: uh playing uh playing musical instruments with my friends i've heard i've, and then, I've heard that story actually from many other people that are in the that industry right. that yeah they were first pursuing music and even even myself prior to being involved with filmmaking i was I was kind of in the music scene in New York, like going to punk and hardcore shows and things like that. It's
1: interesting, isn't it? It's a a common thing that I've come across as well. And even if you start reading about, you know, like even like Scorsese and people like that were sort of musically obsessed and had, you know, libraries and, 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 you know, really into their music as much almost as they were into their sort of, um, you know, into their had amazing musical knowledge as much as they did sort of filmmaking knowledge so there does seem to be some sort of crossover I guess it's it's a sort of collaborative art form in the same way I suppose and it's you you know there's a for me music is all about sort of mood in a way and and creating sort of you know it's such an instant medium where you can you know you can strum a a chord on a guitar and it can either you know it can be major or minor and that can give you like an amazing amount of mood within such a small amount and there's some sort of crossover there I think between between music and, and filmmaking. And it, yeah, you're right. It does seem to be a common, uh, some sort of common symbiosis between the two. I guess it's, well, these days, it's a lot harder to be a musician than it is to be a filmmaker. I think it's <laughs> sort of gone the other way around, whereas it used to be the opposite, I think.
0: Harder to make a living as a musician, certainly.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. And yeah, when I first moved to London, most of my friends got jobs in the music industry and it, it, it was it was just an easy thing. You know, you'd pick up a job as, as whatever. You could get a job as an A&R man without that much, uh, difficulty. Um, and now that, you know, that industry sort of, um, certainly changed into something else. Um, but yeah, much harder to, to work in it. Whereas movies it's, I don't know if it's easier now. I mean, it's difficult for me to, to know, but, um, it certainly seems like the amount of work that's around at the moment, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a expand, ever expanding, um, ever expanding industry.
0: Did you, did you pay attention to production design when you were watching movies during your formative years?
1: No, not in the slightest, actually. I mean, I think, um, and I still, you know, in a way, I still don't, really. I, I, if a movie's good, then I'm thinking about, you know, what's going on on the screen in front of me. I'm not I'm not trying to figure out how they shot it or how they, you know, whether it's a set, whether it's a location, whether it's the effects, whether it's this. Uh, you know, if, if it's, I think for me, it's a sign of a bad film is if you start, thinking about how they made it, then, you know, it's not made well enough for f- you to be fully in- involved in it.
0: I'm so happy you say that because I, I feel exactly <laughs> the same way. I always say that, you know, because I also mentor film students. So I, I, I usually say to them, like, it'll take repeated watchings of a film for me to really dive into those sort of things. Cause if it's a good movie, I'm just, it should be like hypnosis. You should just be immersed in the film and the Absolutely. story of wanting to see what's going on.
1: Yeah, and invested in the characters, right? I mean, if you're not invested in in who these people are and what they're doing and what's happening to them, uh, then I think you sort of you you know as a as a as a piece of storytelling, you've sort of failed, unfortunately. Yeah. And you know, but you know that said, look, if there's it, it, you know if it cuts to some amazing scene, then you know it goes through my mind, uh, oh, okay, that's that's nice. But then yeah, I'll have to go back afterwards and you know and examine things, and I, I do that sometimes. I mean. Um, I don't know. Part, part of me sort of I like the I like the fact that that movies are this sort of magical event, and that to actually overanalyze them sometimes sort of you know it kind of spoils them a little
0: bit. I totally agree. Um, what's worse is when what well, conversely is when people watch them on their phones. For me, <laughs>
1: absolutely. I mean, how could you possibly? And look, I'm as guilty as anybody else sometimes. I watch something on my laptop if I'm traveling or, you know. Laptop um,
0: is a little bit more acceptable, but a phone, I don't know, a phone is, I feel really like not. it's it's not as immersive as an experience, you know.
1: It's not immersive. No, I, I, and how could it ever be? I mean, you know, it's, I, I mean, weirdly, I suppose if you hold your phone at a certain distance away from your face, uh, you know, perspective-wise, it's, as, as, it's the same as going to the cinema, right? If you hold it close enough and
0: you put. I guess <laughs> tec- in, technically, yeah, I, I know <laughs> what you mean.
1: So there's a, yes, there's a distance there, um, which I, and, and my, my um, kids watch, you know, movies on their laptops as well at the same time as watching something on their phone, as well as, you know, looking at their iPad. And uh, it, it's that sort of, you know, unfortunately, I think that's the, that's how viewing goes on. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of watching films in two sittings now because I, you know, I'm tired or have, my attention span is reduced, I think recently because i can turn it off and you know um and i think that's also a shame because you go to the cinema and you can't you know you can't get out there there you are you have to keep watching it even if even if it's frightening you or if it's you know making you sad or 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 whatever whatever emotions you're feeling
0: i don't know how old your kids are but i'm definitely guilty of having to watch them in two sittings at least because my wife and i have young kids and usually it's the only time we could watch them is late at night and when we're already very tired
1: Exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. But I guess, I guess, as a movie maker, you want, you know, you don't really want people to be stopping and starting. Do you know what I mean? Because, because you do lose, you lose your thread. You know, I have to go back and watch the, the the ten minutes before I stopped in order to get myself back into sort of the investment of, of what's going on. And you know, but look, it's, you know, it's the modern world, right? I mean,
0: Absolutely, you can't deny it. <laughs> So, so how did you how did you transition from I guess designing for music videos into feature films? How did you really get started? Did you study design or architecture?
1: No, um, no, I'm more of a school of life film student. I guess I I sort of fell into doing making music videos. Uh, well, I actually, started in, in light entertainment in in um, at, at the BBC, um, not as a full time. Um, employee, but sort of freelance doing that, and then I sort of fell into music videos because at the time that was a sort of you know it was a, like a, a a big industry, and it was you know there was there was you could you could get the money to make a music video. You know, even smaller bands would have a sort of you know fair amount of money to make these things, and and they were always very creative. And there was you know there's no real script. There's just these sort of vague ideas that you know the bands and the labels would sign off on um
0: and it's very visual
1: yeah and it's I mean yeah it was almost kind of felt like a sort of practice because you you know the the stuff we used to do in music videos at that time you'd never you know maybe yeah you're doing fantasy films or you're doing sci-fi but a lot of the stuff was just you know really creative really imaginative and almost like a sort of testing ground for ideas Um, and there was you know there wasn't a lot of money but there was certainly enough money to 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 sort of run with it and have fun Um, and there wasn't really anybody kind of looking over your shoulder telling you you couldn't do it because it's it's the music industry so it you know it's creative and and everyone that's involved with it is a has a sort of certain sense of um, freedom in the way that they you know they work Um, and so that was great I mean you know it was it was a lovely a lovely time to be um to be working um and then i sort of from that moved into doing commercials just because i think you you know the 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 same directors work from you know starting in music videos and then they they start getting commercials um and then that sort of you know you start doing a few and then you get more blah, blah blah and there's a sort of transition that way and then um that sort of then led on to doing there was a um commercials um, director, a music video director, called Sean Ellis, who I worked with, who I had worked with a lot. Who then um, he directed a short film called Cashback, which went on to um, which was Oscar nominated. And so from that, then he um, he you know wanted to make more feature films, and so he made his first feature, which was actually which was taking um, Cashback short film and then actually shooting a sort of a the side of it and turning it into a feature film, which I thought was very clever. And then you know, once you've got one feature film on your on your credits, then you're sort of you know, then you're a filmmaker, <laughs> and then you know, it's sort of it moved on from there really. And then um, I got offered more work in the same in the same vein. So it was really, it's really sort of, and I've seen this quite a lot: is you you, you sort of go with a director almost, or you know, one or two directors will, will will change and they'll take you with you, and that's how you sort of cross over. And some people are lucky enough to 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 cross over in that way, and um, you know some people stick to to more one genre or you know one type of, of filmmaking
0: yeah, that makes perfect sense and so when when you're when you're working on a project how much do you work with uh a location scout or manager like are you are you going on tech scouts Usually, at the location, you start with photos. How does it usually work?
1: Yeah, so um, the film I'm making at the moment process would be for me. It's always you will start with a million photo references, pictorial references, you know, from the internet or from. I mean, I have a huge sort of library of design books and photography books, and you know, I'm a big fan of of, um, of printed books. And so we sort of start with that as a as a as an overview, and then from that you sort of. I like to create, like, a lookbook of, of which sort of tries to sort of encapsulate the sort of tone of the whole film. Like, what's the world of it? You know, is it dark? Is it light? Is it colourful? Is it monochrome? Is it is it, you know, without being too specific, but to sort of put together, like, a, a document that sort of tries to describe how I see the film in conjunction with the director and, and the conversations we'd have. And I think from that, then, once you've got a location manager in, involved, it's kind of trying to express that, whatever that tone is, whatever that world is to them, to give them a steer, to then go and start looking for locations, which it, it, it depends on the film to a certain extent. I mean, the, the the one I'm doing at the moment is, it's sort of 50-50 locations to, to building in the studio. So, you know, it's a big part of it. And then from that, then, I mean, this job we're doing uh, uh every week we'll do one day location scouting go out and, and having picked from a big section of of um photos that the location managers found and go and you know physically go and see those places and it's always different i mean you look at photos you can look at a photo of a room and it'll look one way and then you get there and somehow or other there's a there's always a you can't really tell until you're standing in a standing in a building or standing in a place or a field or whatever that is, really, whether it's somewhere that fits with what you're trying to, with the sort of ideas that you have. And sometimes you go to a location and you find something that you weren't expecting and it, and it's way better than, or it's different from, from what you'd imagine, but it actually pushes you in a slightly different direction. And, you know, that's the sort of collaborative nature of, of making films, which I really like, um, is that you, you can, you know, everyone chips in their bit and then sometimes that can... Can can push you off on a totally different path from where you thought you were going, um, and yeah, you know, it, I, unless you're building everything in the studio, I think I think from a design point of view, you have to be. The locations that that are available and and that you you know you're gonna find or look for have to be taken in, into consideration when you're trying to look at the overall design of a movie because. Otherwise, if, you know, if you design sets, they're one thing and then you're saying, well, the locations have to be like that. But, you you know, you know, that's not possible if we're shooting in central London. So central London looks a certain way and you can't, I can't go in and paint every street or every house or every car or, you know, you can't adapt it that much because it's a location. So there's only, you know, there's limited time and there's limited resources. So I think you have to sort of bring that into um, your overall picture of what you're trying to create quite early on. And then that sort of, you know, the, the, a lot of people talk about the the, the city you're shooting is the, the city being a character in the film, which um, again, t- depends on the film, but I, you know, I think that's quite an interesting, interesting way of looking at it uh, is that it can, you know, the sort of the soul of the city can, uh, can be e- e- e sort of included into that, into the story, I guess.
0: Film. I, I totally agree that like films when they're done well, they have a, a vibe that you're creating and, I, and yeah. so I think if if like you know just like certain cities and places have a vibe and if you could showcase that you know the right way then I, I do think it ties into the character of the story
1: oh absolutely you know and that's like, usual, to use usual to go back to music I was thinking about this the other day it's almost like for me that the, the, the sort of the design and the cinematography and the, the costume and those sort of creative elements are all they're sort of to me, they're, they're like the melody on the music and then the sort of the the actors and the story are like the lyrics, you know what I mean? And so you have this, you know, sometimes you have a song that's got amazing lyrics and it's, but the melody, yeah, you're right. I mean, for me, I always, it's about music is always, first it's the mood and then some people I know are like obsessed by lyrics and they, they know the lyrics to every single song. For me, it's always, it's always the music more than the lyrics. And, you know, maybe there's some that's not a coincidence but I think with movie making it's the same thing it's like you, once you've all those things work together beautifully then you have this sort of amazing thing and, and sometimes they don't you know but uh, then you make another one and you learn you know what went wrong the last time and then the next time you make another thing and, and sometimes that's you know the the. I guess if you're writing a song you sometimes within the first couple of bars you know if you've just hit this thing which is going to be this sort of magical um, piece of work piece of creativity whatever and I, and I think you, you get the sense of that, that with when you're making a film as well or you're making a tv show is that you can tell quite early on what it's going to be you know if, if it's going to be something special I think it just somehow all these things come together um and that, you know that's a lovely thing to to experience I think um but it is that it's the sum of all those things like an orchestra sort of working together you know at full pelt and sort of affecting each other but yet having their own sort of voice within it. So yeah, Yeah. more musical. uh,
0: I I love it. Is the process different at all on a TV show versus a feature film? The Uh, lines are getting blurred more than ever before. I mean, in terms of the quality of television, it's really becoming more cinematic than ever before.
1: Yeah, they are. I mean, gosh, I mean, I don't, I think, well, the TV shows are a lot longer. I mean, it's like, it can be two years of your life. um, Yeah. Which, an awful long time to work on one thing. But, you know, we're good in many respects. Um, but I think as far as the actual, as far as the sort of creative experience and as far as that sort of content goes, I, I don't think there is any difference anymore. I think, you know, if you look at the quality of the sort of actors that that now do um, that now do TV as much as they do film, and if you look at the quality of the writing and you look at the quality of the directors that get involved, I mean, it's definitely, um, it's definitely, I think, not the same medium because obviously telling wise that, that, that there's a big difference. But it's it's definitely. I don't really see the difference. I mean, for for me, if it's if it's someone's got a great TV show um, to work on, then you know, fantastic. And if someone's got a great film to work on, then equally fantastic. Um, I think yeah, it's it's really in a way, it's a consideration of of kind of lifestyle, really, and 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 family, and you know committing to something for for that amount of time can be can can be restrictive and can take its toll in in a way um whereas a film is you know that it's normally two ways to it, the, the, there's a length certain you know right. normally of a film and it's it's rare to shoot over that i think that makes um, sense
0: yeah
1: what was it that spielberg said that you could any films could be shot in 54 days something like that
0: spielberg said that uh,
1: Okay. Well, someone told me that Spielberg said that. That might not be yeah. actually what he said. Yeah, and that
0: that's a that's a luxury because uh, most independent films are being shot in less and less time. From from yeah. you know what I'm understanding. Twelve. Yeah, that's insane. I've been hearing that as like a thing. Yeah, twelve days, and I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand that honestly. I, don't,
1: I guess anything's possible. But I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. You know, for a while, the sort of. um sort of higher end independent films seemed to sort of disappear. And there was the sort of, there was the sort of micro budget stuff. And then there was this big jump to sort of, you know, the big blockbusters and that sort of nice sort of, you know, independent film genre almost seemed to disappear. Yeah. Um, which is right. a real shame, you know, because like, there's some amazing stuff that comes out. And and I wonder now that sort of, uh you know, Netflix and Apple and Amazon and the subscriptions are, are sort of, you know, pumping a lot more money back into, whole industry i wonder whether that will sort of come back as more of a a viable um genre because because then you know the the reason for not making those films was that there wasn't any you couldn't make any money back yeah from box now you don't need to now right you just need the content so
0: that's true That's a good point you know and especially now there there has been a lot more um there's definitely been Stream, like films that have been backed by streamers that have premiered at Cannes and Sundance, or you know, like like some prominent film festivals. So there's been more of that as well. So hopefully that'll foster more independent films that are backed by streamers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like that the the, the streamers are you know are now becoming you know the studios of old in a way. Um, I sort of uh, you know I've never really been involved in the whole American studio system, but it, it seems like that that's that's sort of where, I don't know where that'll land, but that certainly seems to be the way that that, that the industry is going. And I guess by taking away that sort of box office success, um, you know, it should allow for people taking much more chances on, on scripts and taking more chances on the sort of movies that, that people will finance you know, cause that's uh, oftentimes that's where the best films come out right? It's, 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 it's people with crazy ideas that, you know, no one believes in. <laughs> and then, you know, um, finally they get made and then suddenly it's a, you know, it's a cult success it's a work of genius.
0: Yeah. Um, then it becomes a frame of reference when before it yes. was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then everyone says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you that I was going to be given first place. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, it's an exciting, I think it's a really exciting time. Um, generally for, for, filmmaking tv making um you know the whole
0: industry really that's it's long may continue i think yeah so so in the past seven years or so uh, i guess since 2014 you've designed a bunch of show uh, shows including liaison uh Jiri haji forgive me if i'm pronouncing that wrong uh, Jiri haji. uh and black mirror Mm-hmm. uh which, by the way, I, I in preparation for this discussion, I watched uh, the episode of Black Mirror "Hated in the Nation," and I, okay. I thought it was fantastic. I really, really Please. enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really interesting. So, how much production design of these shows is worked out in pre-production versus on set? I imagine quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all in the prep, really. I think you know, it, it it's it's yeah, it's uh, as early as you can. I'd like to come onto something as early as possible. And then, finances allowing and really you know there's a there's a lot of time spent just discussing and you know mulling stuff over the reality is that you know that's really the like, really what happens and you get wheeled in five weeks before you start shooting and then you know and it's chaos but it's the more for me the more time you have to sort of to to, to plan and to design and to discuss and to <clears throat> sort of embed yourself into into the storytelling and and the world of it you know the better um from a from a few from a purely creative point of view and then i think you know, there's an awful lot of planning and an awful lot of logistics um that need to be done you know in order to facilitate this camera crew turning up and 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 sort of you know continue shooting at the pace that they want to shoot um, and you know not to have people waiting around and not to go over the days and not to shoot more days than you have scheduled because you know it's an extremely expensive having a crew on 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 a, on a shooting day is an extremely expensive thing so it's it's you know the, the planning to to make sure that that runs smoothly is is a is a huge part of um a huge part of the art department um and i think that that's you know that that's really you have to have time to be able to do that and you have to be able to you know it's, it's planned to within an inch of its life and then what happens is it all changes and goes you, know, you throw away the rule book and uh, realize that everything you've planned is not going to happen how you meant it to but it's still the process of trying i think
0: that, and that's it, definitely yeah. the case in yeah in filmmaking <laughs> and production in general i mean <laughs>
1: it does seem to be that way doesn't it which yeah. you know but that's part of the fun right then you've got to think on your feet and um react and uh sometimes you get something you know better than you thought it was going to be, but from a from a designer's point of view, or from an art director's, uh, um, um art department point of, view, point of view, it's it's you know you really do have to be on your game. I think to 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 not just plan what's coming up, but to think around you know what might happen, to think around the story, to 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 infill. You know, really, what you're doing is you're creating a world that 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 these characters can believably live in. And a lot of the time that's not written in the script.
0: Right. And so. I, wanted, I wanted to like kind of pick your brain about that a little bit, because what I'm fascinated about is sometimes the decisions of something being ultra realistic. Let, let's say, is it an office that, you know, a police officer would have versus a sort of cinematic realism, which... Maybe it's not so realistic, but it's just more aesthetically pleasing and something that it's better for the you know the audience's viewing pleasure. And I'm sure some of those decisions are made you know like the, depending on the type of director it is you know. But is that is that something I, that you think about?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think I think some of that would be driven by the director you're working with and who uh, and what's the world that they want to create. I mean, you, you can take artistic license um, with reality and you know you can do sci-fi where none of it exists in the real world i mean um or you can do you know hyper reality almost you know yeah documentary making where you are literally just trying to recreate something which has happened or we create something which you know a writer has imagined might happen um in in its um in its sort of real self um i mean i i think for me it's like films are you know none of it's reality because it's a film so it, therefore in it, in its essence it, it is it's make believe right so you, you should, you know the, the ability to be able to um to change that reality is something that that um that is a is a sort of enjoyable thing to do in a way um and and you know if you, in some ways reality is always slightly stranger than you think it is like what i love about you know good design on uh, when you see it is that, that, that you know people I've um, spent a lot of time traveling around the world looking at people's houses um you know getting inside to all sorts of places which you don't normally look at and 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 it's it's always a surprise to see how people live and a surprise to see you know um how their lives are constructed and surprise to see the stuff that they that people have in their houses I mean it, it's it's and that to me is fascinating that that you can take liberty I think with um, with people's expectations, um, without crossing the line of of sort of removing somebody's belief of of what they're seeing on the screen, and it's definitely a line that that has to be found for each project because you know you can have you can have an a, an everyday story, contemporary story, but yet you can make it fantastic by you know by stylizing it um, you know heavily, or you can you know you can make it. Sort of play. If if what the story requires is for everything to look really bland, then then that's what the story requires, and then that's that's the thing to do. You know, if 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 you if you try and fight that as a designer, then you're going to fail because ultimately you're not being true to to the story that's trying to be told. And and you know, I think that's the utmost important thing. But within that, there is. Um, a certain amount of leeway and a certain amount of space to sort of, to play, I guess, and, you know, and have some fun.
0: That makes perfect sense. And yeah,
1: sense. you know, I, I think I, I, I'm always more drawn to stuff that's slightly more, not fantastic, but but where you can stylize things a bit more and you can choose a very strict color palette and you can say, well, you know, what if the world was like this, you know, and these things happened in this world because it's just more, it's more interesting Um, from a design point of view but it's definitely like you have to constantly check yourself that you're not heading off into sort of you know la la land where the audience is just going to go well well, why would that person have that you know why would this why would why would it look like that because as soon as you do that as we talked about earlier you've stepped out of the film and then it's kind of all over in a way
0: it's like a distraction yeah so you're trying to avoid like distractions is it should be more of complementing Kind of what yes. the story and what's going on. That makes sense.
1: Exactly that. Yeah, and that's why coming in early on a on a on any sort of project is is a lovely thing to do because you can kind of you you can you can sort of instill that into the into the film. So sometimes that design can be almost sort of written in, you know. And if you've got a flexible, you know, script which is a bit more flexible or which is maybe not completely finished, then you know, some of the stuff that you find as you go along with the director can can sort of inform that. And that's you know, for me, that's that's a lovely thing to be able to be sort of have that involvement in a in a project. Because then it makes it as I say, it all makes it sort of mesh together rather than it feel like, well, you know, there's the story and there's the design and there's these sort of independent bits. It's like it should all it should all feel as one, I guess.
0: Yeah. That that scene in uh Black Mirror for that episode hated in the nation, where they go into the headquarters of where they make those autonomous bee drones and you see all those bees in formation. I'm guessing that was that was all cgi um yeah, but how, exactly. so how is that like it, like creating a production design environment where then there's also going to be cgi is that is that challenging or is that interesting for you or is the,
1: yeah i mean i think it's you know it's it's a big part of any any film any project now so it's sort of you know it, it, in many ways it um it just means that you can it's not it doesn't stem your your imagination doesn't have to be stemmed by the practicality of what you're actually doing, or what you know, money, or, or anything, and there's always going to be endless restrictions. Over you know, however big a film you do, there's always going to be a restriction on you know what what you can do, how you you know where you are. The, the, the restrictions are are huge, and so I think VFX is it it means that you can you know you can set your imagination at sort of whatever level you want. Um, and then obviously there's a the discussion of well, you know, can can that is that achievable? with VFX to make it sort of believable because I I find for me, it's it's one of those things, again, when you get VFX that you don't believe, that just, again, it brings me out of the film and it's kind of, it's all over, but... um, I I agree, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's another tool in the box, I think, of of sort of filmmaking where, you know, if you've got a very collaborative um, VFX supervisor, then, you know, again, it's that... You know, you can concept something, you can design something, and then and then you can you can almost then figure out how you're going to do it afterwards, rather than have to be like, well, okay, I can only you know can only be this, and it can only look that way, can only and here's all these restrictions, and I've got to make the design fit within that. It's it's a much nicer thing to say, well, you know, what if it was this, and then worry about how to figure it out in you know, figure it out how to actually bring that to fruition afterwards. Um, and I think VFX from a design point of view, is a, is a sort of, you know, massive part
0: of that. I thought it all came together seamlessly from my perspective. It really, you know, I'm sure there were so many challenges that you were dealing with behind the scenes, but from just w- watching it, it really, it looked great, you know. Uh, yeah, cool, thank uh, you. You know, the actors did a great job as, as he worked with on on several projects with Kev- Kelly McDonald. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. She was in um, Giri Haji as well,
0: yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's great. She's a really strong actor for sure
1: yes no she's been in some amazing stuff over the years but yeah i think you know black mirror is a very sort of i mean there's not i think some episodes there's a lot of vfx but not all of them but it's it lends itself i suppose to
0: yeah that's that's a good point there there is vfx but it's it's good in the sense that it doesn't hinge upon the story doesn't hinge upon like the vfx it's not so vfx heavy that you know it's kind of ridiculous like there's like there certain superhero movies that i feel like are that way nowadays <laughs>
1: yes we will remain unnamed but no i look, right. I, I totally agree I, I think it's um you know the clever thing about black mirror i think is that it's it's always it's always five or six years in the future it's not you know what's it going to be like in you know 20 2000 and you know 2020 whatever it's sorry i mean 2220 it's it's like well you know in five six years time how is this gonna you know what's gonna happen with this technology or what's gonna happen with that technology and I think that's why sort of Charlie is a genius to be able to imagine stuff that everyone goes oh wow well actually yeah god I can see that that's that is gonna happen or that it's, it's that you know some of those things are and I think some of them have probably come true already to be honest with you or are, are coming true you know it, it's the, the original series started quite a long time ago now um, yeah. and I, I think there's, there's probably quite a lot of um, elements of some of the stuff that he has written in that uh, that are probably aren't that far off of reality and that's the sort of genius of it and that's why the sort of yeah it's, it's they're not they're sort of futuristic it's sort of believable futuristic I mean it's almost its own genre in a way
0: Oh yeah absolutely I was thinking about that I was watching that episode because even if it's not literally true even if there's not a literal kill list of people it, I mean these things are like parables for things that are actually going on with cancel culture for example or you know that sort of thing
1: well and interestingly actually yesterday i was listening to um, uh, uh, um a piece on the radio that was talking about um you know pot the, the possibility of using ai in um weapon systems and they were saying well what if like the next level of 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 ai would be what if what if there's a drone or what if there's a bullet and that bullet has got is just aimed at you right and that's all its job is to is to find you and kill you that's right? a scary that thought way. yeah but then you know but, but what you know that could be a drone that could be a tiny little drone and then you know that that's that's is that really that unrealistic to imagine that that probably is going to be something that's going to happen and i'm like well oh god actually that's that, that that's exactly what charlie wrote as far as the bees right is that you know there's these little robotic things and each one of them is just after you you know a terrifying thought but but the fact that it's now you know people are almost uh, talking about it as a this sort of potential reality is you know is a good case in point I think
0: absolutely um, all terrifying <laughs> so you've also served as production designer on both the Sweeney and anthropoid uh the Sweeney I guess from 2012 and anthropoid in t- 2016 can you share with the listeners some of the design challenges from those two films
1: well the Sweeney was I think was a challenge financially really from from what I remember as much as anything. I you know, it was it was as we've been talking about, it was a low budget film. It was Nick Loved the Director had sort of this sort of value, high production value that he wanted to bring into the into it visually. And yeah, you know, they didn't have a lot of cash. So it was really um Trying to find a way of of using those, you know, and that's a big part of I think uh, for any designer's job is to you know use what's the, what resources have you got and how do you best best sort of instill those into a project and and use them to their to their best advantage. I, I think sometimes if you if it's a if it's financially challenged, let's say, then if you spread all that money sometimes over two hours, you end up with with not much because it's you know if it's if, it's, if you have to spread it thinly, you don't really ever notice it. Whereas I think uh, with, with lower budget projects, the best thing is to, you know, you, you give them, you give people one or two good looking things to do and you spend the money on that. And then the rest of it, you say, well, okay, well, we just have to do what we can. And I think with the Sweeney, we, we sort of did that with the offices. We sort of, you know, we, we went a bit to town with that. And then it, it sort of, there was a scene when there was, there was a car driving into a warehouse, you know, smashing through a wall. Oh, no, that's right. He's sorry. He drives a JCB through a wall and then there's a car and then there's a, there's a, bank heist the gold robbery in a warehouse and so i think we just you know it's like well let's make those as amazing as we can without giving our resources and then you know if that means that we don't have much money left spread for the rest of the movie that's fine because we'll just you know it will be it gives you these memorable experiences i think if you're an audience if you're in the audience watching it and i think that's you know that seems to work so yeah I think, uh, I, oh, you makes know, sense. I actually watched it not so long ago and it's still an enjoyable film. I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's. you know, you know the world of it. Well, uh, in, in England, it was a really popular 70s TV show, so it kind of has oh, this sort of
0: nice.
1: Um It ran for years and it was, it was super popular and it was very sort of gritty and, you know, sort of English cops beating hell out of... Um, English bank robbers, mostly, but um, and then this was a sort of like a updated version of it that sort of brought it up into the into the you know the twenty first century. Yeah, Um,
0: I I really enjoyed it. I I I haven't seen the original, but I I I liked the twenty twelve version. I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good film.
0: Uh, and this is something I'm also curious about: how dealing with different directors, do you find some of them? come to the table with like a natural sense of like, like a better sense of production design than others? Like do some come with like, okay, here's the color palette that I'm thinking about versus others that are, you know, you know, more open to your ideas of what a color palette should be, for example. Um,
1: I, I think that probably happens. I think that I've been very lucky in that most of the directors that I've worked with have been quite, are quite um visually minded and are, Sort of interested in, um, interested in design, and interested in how that can affect, uh, how that can create a world of, you know, the story that you're telling, and how it can, you know, it can affect the enjoyment of, of what you watch. And so, um, I've yet to work with a director that just didn't really care about it. Um, that that may well be I'm something.
0: Not, I'm not saying that doesn't necessarily care about it, but they don't have the. The idea they don't come into the project with like the a level of you know like like a strong opinion about it versus then forming their opinion about it in pre production. Right. Sure, sure.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, I think sometimes you know, I think I, you know, I, the, the, for me, I see the the role of sort of, I guess, a, as a designer is that you are, you know, that a director will have these ideas about design and have these ideas about. They'll imagine the world, you know, you read a script, you imagine it. Like, or at least certainly I do, and I think most people do. And it's it sort of, you're already sort of starting to to create these sort of images in your head. Not, not, not maybe in that much detail, but it sort of, you know, it brings up a certain um, image or world. And I think, um, I imagine most directors go into any project with that somehow formed in their minds. And I think from from what I see, my job is, is okay is saying, okay, well give me that give me all those bits that you've thought about, give me all that information, and then I'll go away and then I'll expand it or I'll try and improve it or I'll change it or I'll but but you know, give me that stuff first. And then that's sort of um that gives you this sort of quite strong basis, you know, and there's an argument for going back and saying, Well, actually, do you know what? Um, I don't think that works with this. I think I think we should do something else. You know, and sometimes that's the case. Um but I think it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know worked uh, I'm not sure I've worked with, uh, just trying to think. Oh, well, actually, no, so, so I just did a TV show with a lovely man called Stephen Hopkins, who used to be a designer many, many years ago. And so he was quite interested in color and reference and, and you know, and lighting. And, you know, we talked ex- quite extensively about what our color scheme would be and, you know, what, you know, and, and, and how that bled into, you know, long lenses, wide lenses, dark, light, shadow, all those sort of things that you, you know, all those conversations you had. But I think because Stephen used to be sort of started out as a designer himself, he's, you know, his world is it, his mind is in that. And yeah, that's sort that, of unusual, but and that's a lovely thing because, you know, because he's an extremely talented man and he, you know, he knows what he's talking about.
0: Right. And then um, also he has a great respect for what you do as mo- most good directors yeah. understand the importance of a good production designer. I think there's a lot of uh, people that are starting out. Uh, for instance, I like, as I mentioned, I mentor film students and I always kind of tell them that, you know, I'm like, hey, some, something you want to pay attention to is production design like, don't do the standard indie filmmaking thing where, for example, what I have is bad production design right now, just a white wall in the background, you know, like consider what's in the frame really. <laughs> and, no, you know, sometimes it's an eye opening moment where I, I do like a whole lesson about just, you know, about paying attention to production design and what good production design is. They're like, oh, you know, I've never really thought about that before. You know, it's like, you know, they're like really being introduced to a whole new world. Whereas, of course, season yeah, yeah. season yeah. directors is something that you know, they, they understand the importance of it for sure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, most season directors are, are also, you know, movie buffs, you know, or film fans themselves. And I'm sure they've all seen, you know, the films that, well, films that stand out, that have these amazing visuals and have this amazing design ethos to them. And, you know, that, that's, I'm sure that's something that that they respond to as, as much as, as anybody else. Um, but I think it can, it's a sort of, it's not a hidden art, but it's a, it's, you know, it's not forefront in the, um in the lens most of the time it's you know it's it's you want to you know, we're all human beings and we all want to see other human beings having you know experiences that we can relate to um and then behind that is the you know is the costume and the and, and the um and the sets and the design and the props and the dressing and the you know to some respects the the uh, the, the lens choice and all the rest of it um but it's yes it's it's sort of um I guess it doesn't leap out as being. I suppose you, you could watch a film and think that, well, you know, these people just turned up somewhere and that was as it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, I guess it, it it's in some respects that's probably, well, maybe in some respects, that is, exactly is what happened. But uh, <laughs> really, I think, yeah. When you, uh, you walk in and shoot. Um, it's a lovely idea. But, um, yeah, it doesn't happen often.
0: Speak, speaking of which, and you mentioned costume designers, how much do you, collaborate with the costume designer in pre-production or or during Um, production even
1: yeah it depends it's project dependent to a certain extent i think you know if you're doing a, a period um you're doing period film something that's not contemporary then i suppose um there's you know probably more involvement there um i do you know talk colors a lot with um costume designers as far as you know for me it's a you know, color is a massive part of, of the design of anything. Um, and, um, you know, I love to really enjoy sort of playing around with color palettes and restricting some color palettes and, you know, you can, you can make an entire film gray and then, well, you know, obviously soon as this is the obvious example, but you know, you such a
0: good, that's so visually stunning. I was just watching that. It's interesting. You mentioned that because I was away somewhere with my wife and, it was kind of late the sound wasn't even on and that movie was on and I was just watching it without even any audio. It's just like, it was like every scene was just, you know, it's just visually stunning. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and they, and it used it to really good effect. I mean, it's like, you know, the wizard of Oz did it quite a few years before to some respect, you know, you go from black and white to color and you know, the, it has this amazing effect on the story anyway. Um, and I think, you know, and, and I think costume is a, is a, is a big, can be a big part of that in that, you know, you can, they actually did it in the, in the recent Bond, I noticed, there's the, in the opening scene when they're in the, um, they're in the lab, um, when you sort of first get to discover this sort of genetic, um, whatever it is, virus. And they, you know, and it's a sort of, it's a lab scene, so everything's kind of glass and silver and white, but then they put them in red lab coats which I thought was a really lovely idea because it's not what you expect because everyone normally wears white lab coats, right? Because you're a scientist and so that's the sort of trope. But it just kind of, I don't know, it sort of lifted it out into something else um, and sort of just made what what could have been a sort of, you know, visually a sort of, not a boring scene, but something that we've seen quite a few times and it just made it something else, you know, really simple.
0: It gave it a specificity which is something that yeah. I appreciate too as as I'm sort of progressing as, you know, appreciating different things yes. or, you know, making my own content is the importance of specificity.
1: Yeah, well, of, of, of doing something, I don't think you have to be original every time because I don't think you can. Um, you know, everything's been done, but you can be, is that what you mean by specificity? Well, like like,
0: like unique, think. you you know, just uh, like really specific. Like, for instance, I'm re, I, don't, I don't know if you were ever a fan of the show The Sopranos. Yes, and
1: almost all of those in lockdown. Funny Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just so
0: I recently revisited the whole series myself, and okay. and actually I appreciate it even more. And I loved it when I first came out. But what I'm appreciating is the specificity, you know, in in terms of the writing, for example, or even right. a lot of the choices where, you know, if, if they say something like, "Oh, you know, Christopher heard it from so and so," they'll they'll say something like, "Christopher was in a nail salon." you know what I mean like you like his cousin was in a nail salon in Bayonne New Jersey and they heard it from there you know like so right. like and th- that's the sort of thing that I'm noticing about really great tv sure. and film is just you know the level of you know specificity and yeah, it's terms in their of, world right yeah it's, it's, it's,
1: it's, and so if you hear the line then you go oh this sounds like sopranos
0: right 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 yeah
1: yeah and I think that that's you know and from a yeah it yeah that's that works on on every level, doesn't it? It's it's, you know, from the script to the you know to the camera moves to the lenses to the lighting to the design to, to the, the
0: song choices.
1: You know, yeah, well, music, yeah, massive part of it, of course. Um and I think, you know, as what I was saying before is that it's you sort of everyone brings that tries to bring I think that specificity specificity to their role and then from that then then you sort of that's what creates something very it um, doesn't have to be new, unique, I don't think, but but something that, you, that it has its own world and has its own identity. And I think a lot of times that's the best. They're the most enjoyable films to watch. Like, it's like Casino pops into mind for, for, for that reason. Because, you know, the outfits and the cars and the... It's just got this world which you just... You're immediately in it, you know, and you... you, you And it's really enjoyable to be in it, you know. It's like... Yeah, I loved every minute of it. Because even if it's, you know... It, even aside from the dialogue and the amazing acting and the direction and the rest of it, it's just, it's just an enjoyable thing to be part of. You know, you, you feel like when, it, when the movie ends, it's like, I actually want to be, I want to be there. I want to go and live in that world for a little bit, you know, yeah. and sort of with these people a bit more.
0: I know and you I mean. think
1: that's, Yeah, you know, and that's a lovely thing to, 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 to create that, um, such a strong sense of identity in a way for, um, for a piece of film or, or TV. And, you know, really, I mean, you, if you look at a lot of the, um what a lot of the content that the stream is making that i mean that's that's you know it is it's 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 sort of fantasy worlds isn't it there's not really that much gritty reality anymore there's everyone everyone is trying to set out there um set out their stall and, and create these very individual pieces of content um and you know sometimes it works better than than others and sometimes it doesn't quite land but uh
0: there's there's probably some sort of inverse contrast because our world has become a gritty reality, <laughs> our yeah, actual maybe. world with the pandemic. And so people probably need a little bit more fantasy yeah. versus, versus the 1990s when, you know, looking back, <laughs> it was, you know, sort of a carefree time and then content yeah. became grittier
1: yeah it's probably true actually isn't it i suppose that is that yeah i'm sure there's many books that have been written about exactly those that that subject but uh, no i think you're right i think um i think you you know when you're left with um not much going on in your life then then you look for you look to stars for for your imagination to take you know, take over it's like people that are in prison for you know been prison for years and years and you know what they're left with is their imagination and that's you know um in a way that's I suppose that's what you know TV does, isn't it? Is it's kind of it feeds that, um, just with you know the magic of being able to sit in the comfort of your own sofa <laughs> having a cup of tea, but yet be able to to be in all these amazing different places and this sort of experience all this stuff.
0: Um Is, are there any production designers out there that who you admire their work? Uh I mean yes, yes.
1: lots. Most, I think, a uh, sort of it's. Uh, I don't think you often see what you what you know. I think bad design is a terrible word because it, everything is very subjective. But I don't think you often see what you'd call bad production design. In a way, I think I see stuff that doesn't um, appeal to my sense of taste. I suppose, um, and I see stuff that sometimes maybe doesn't feel like it sort of um, like it fits. The story, but I mean, you know, most of the time, I think, you know, there's the most stuff I see. I think, you know, I enjoy the production design out of it. I mean, I, I guess if if I had anybody, um, those people that I sort of looked up to, it's it's people that are amazing um, skilled artists or amazing draftsmen. I love um, I have a Dante Ferretti book at home, and it's just these massive big like the book is huge and super thick and then these, these double page spreads of these sort of drawings that he, you know, these production drawings that he um, did for, for most of his films. And they're just, you know, in themselves, they're beautiful works of art. Um, and this is just, you know, this is just him scribbling these out for this, for this film. Um, and, you know, it's, it was, it
0: Dante Ferretti, he was Fellini's production designer or, yes. okay, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah.
1: He did Gangs of New York and, I mean, yeah. endless list of, of amazing stuff. But yeah. He, he,
0: Gangs of New York is a film, uh, speaking of which, that, that's, that's a film that I feel like re- rewards repeat watchability. I think I like that film more upon like watching it a second and third time than I did originally.
1: Yes. I have to be honest with you, I don't think I've actually watched it second time uh, around. It's, it's worth probably.
0: it, I think. Yeah. 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 And
1: uh, it's, it's, again, beautifully designed film.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely seemed authentic. Like, like I wasn't there at that time, but you, I, I, I was sold, I, you know, I felt like it, it felt realistic to me.
1: Yeah. But interestingly, so, and I only know this from looking through the book is that that when you sort of look at, I think when you look at some of the design of it, it is quite fantastic. You know, it is, it's, it's, it's set out to be beautiful, which and I'm sure if you lived, in New York at that time, I think there was a lot of people that probably wouldn't agree that it was this amazing, beautiful, sort of you know light coming through the you know beautifully lit um, scenarios. Uh, and I'm you know that, that probably, as I say that's probably not the reality, but you don't get the sense by watching it that it's that it's a fantasy film. You do you sort of believe it and you buy into it.
0: Yeah, um, I think I, that that ties yeah, into yeah. kind of what we were talking about earlier, the sense of how realistic something is versus the still, exactly. should it be cinematic? And and that's something that actually I've learned from Scorsese, like from, from watching his films. I remember one time, because the movie Goodfellas is so, like story-wise, it's really accurate to what happened in reality. Yeah. But I remember one time, and I've told this story before, but... I was working out at the gym and I was running on the treadmill. And, you know, if you're like running on a treadmill, each split second feels a lot longer than it feels like if you're just sitting around watching a movie. But that movie was playing at the gym and I just, it felt like I was almost watching that movie in slow motion. And then there were certain moments in the film where it kind of dawned on me that I'm like, that's not realistic at all. Like there's there's a moment, De Niro, there's like that, that montage where De Niro is getting arrested and he's in handcuffs and the cops are bringing him to the cop car, but he's smoking a cigarette, which isn't realistic to, like, why would they let him smoke a cigarette while he's, he has handcuffs on him? And Scorsese, obviously, you know, he's a he's a brilliant guy. He he knows that that's not realistic, and he's saying, that's okay. It doesn't matter. It's cinematic, you know?
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, and that's the thing is that finding that line of of what... Because you can go through any script, and you can pick it apart and pick it apart and pick it apart. You know, and there will always be things where um where you go well hold on a second you know if that was if he was doing this then blah, blah blah blah. but there it's like you don't need to do that you know you need to be able to have a cohesive story and the audience you don't want a point at which the audience go no 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 no. there's no way that could happen but at the same time you know um you, you can allow all these little sort of foibles and all this bit of sort of writing to go in or directing or or however it manifests itself because it's just enjoyable, you know? I mean, Absolutely. That's not, and and to,
0: and to be fair, I, I didn't even think about that until I'm watching the movie for like the dozenth <laughs> time at the gym on a treadmill, really like analyzing it. And I still appreciated it. It just actually was more of a lesson of, hey, not every split second has to be completely, completely realistic. It's more yeah. about, is it enhancing the storytelling? And is it, like we said in the beginning, like keeping you in that state of hypnosis of the film like you know with these characters exactly
1: Exactly. well talking to Fellini that you know he said that was it Fellini that said that you know films should films are dreams and that that's what they should that's that was how he saw it so it's you know forget reality well not maybe forget reality but forget having to sort of you know pound out this sort of realistic version of of as we know it and because it's it's a dreamlike state so you can do whatever you want to do you know and and if the audience buy it then great you know and unfortunately if they don't buy it then you haven't figured it out in the first place and you haven't made a film that that people can understand but you know with that aside yeah i mean it's it's do whatever you want you know Um, and if people appreciate it then then fantastic
0: well said so do you have any advice for anybody looking to establish a career as a production designer
1: um, hmm, tricky one because I sort of because I sort of fell into it. It's hard to know. I mean, there's a there's a lot of amazing colleges, there's a lot of um you, Do you mean if you're if like after guess, college or pre-college I suppose?
0: Well, I I would love to know is there any sort of like just practical advice that you've learned over the years that, you know, that that you would tell to an aspiring production designer that's just really trying to break yeah. in? To the field,
1: yeah. um, I think. Well, I think on on a broader sense, I think someone who was it that said uh, you need to to think like a director and act like a producer, and that was the best piece of advice. Is that you know you you need to be able to understand, I think, how a director's mind works to a certain extent, because there's no point in designing a set that can't be shot. You know, or that doesn't serve the action, or that doesn't um, allow the actors or the director to to have that moment when they're creating this thing that's going to go on. You know, well, not celluloid, but on in digital celluloid, whatever it is. Y- you know, you're creating an environment for this sort of magical thing to happen. Uh, and so, in order to facilitate that from a design point of view, you have to understand how a director thinks. And how they're gonna, how they're going to want to, what what would give them the ability to be able to do that. Um, and so I think, you know, it's sort of, in a way, that's the sort of most paramount thing. And then you need to act like a producer because there's always going to be a purse string somewhere tugging at you, telling you you can't do that. But but I think that the, uh, you know, it's it's I think as a sort of the more I've worked, the more I've understood that that you really have to have this sort of slight symbiosis with, with how imagining how a director is going to want to shoot something. And, you know, it's, sometimes you completely get it wrong and you have to go back and ask them again and they're like, well, how is it you want to do this? You know, but once you've got that sort of understanding, then I think that that's when sort of good design is, um, is confluent with that. Uh, and, when, and that's what really what informs sort of um, how, to, how to sort of think in design terms. Um, and, you know, how you do that, I don't know, go out and hang around with them and <laughs> pester them and ask them questions. But it, it's a sort of, you know, that's the sort of stuff I don't think you can learn at, at, at college and that you have to, you know, a college can give you those skills, I'm sure, and, and you know, the, the practical knowledge and the, you know, how to think about going about that. But it's really sort of spending time, um, spending time with people, I think, um, and un- understanding, you know, yeah, how they think. Um, and and what would what would serve them the best i think is uh that's the key thing
0: um that's outstanding yeah. advice
1: yeah I, as i say i'm not quite sure how <laughs> no that achieve. was that
0: was that was great advice so I, I strongly appreciate it was strongly appreciated and i really appreciate you being on the podcast, Morgan, it was—I uh, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation.
1: Yeah, me too. No, th- good, great to meet you, and um, well done for making them. I, I, I briefly sc- um, scrolled through the, the uh, on the way to work this morning. I listened to some of the other guys, and it's really fascinating. It's a great thing to do.